Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is a happy Big Kurt right now. <laughs> yes, it That's is. That's who I am. Uh, Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. I don't know how many times we're going to sit down to record this podcast where... Both of our teams win, and they win conference games by a total of 38 points. Well, and it's the second week in a row that we've both had wins. Yeah. That's definitely the first time that's happened. It's got to be. Well, conference wins. I mean, conference. I would say not no, conference con- yeah. beginning of the year. but No, I mean conference games. Yeah, it's been uh, – gives a little juice when we sit down to record. Yeah, it'll yeah. be a little – hopefully a little a little more jovial yeah, than, a little than more, usual for me. A little me. more jovial. Um. Speaking of, I so I know I kind of teased you with this beforehand, but I I have come upon quite a cache of information here. Okay, I even kept it on this side of the page. All right, because I didn't want to uh, spoil the surprise on what I got here. Okay? All right, let's Here's hear some it. things that I've learned Friday and Saturday, and I wanted to share it with you. Okay, you ready? Let's do it. Wisconsin tight end Jake Ferguson. <laughs> Is Barry Alvarez's grandson. Wait a second. How did we not know that? How did I, that look, look it up? I swear it's true. I don't believe that. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. I mean, how could it be there for that long and that slips past us somehow? It's, I just it, it's cool. Like you just when when great information like that happens upon you, I just you know me. We you, me and you, we we love little factual tidbits. Yeah, like it's that. like I, you know, you? it's like when in hockey when the puck slides through the five hole, like you know, just barely, it's the, the, the goalie just misses it. Yeah. Like just, just how do we do that? How did, how did that happen? I got another one for you. All right. Let's hear it. Nebraska quarterback, Luke McCaffrey. Okay. McCaffrey is the younger brother <laughs> of Panthers running back. Christian McCaffrey. I'd see that this is impossible. There's another no way. Blowing your mind, ain't it? Yes. <laughs> we'll keep going. Let's do it. I got another one. Okay. Iowa has only had two head coaches since 1979. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Let me think about that. Uh, so we got uh, the guy now is Kirk Ferentz, I think. And then I'm trying to remember before him, it was, it was uh, Fry, Hayden, yep. Fry, Hayden <laughs> Fry. Yep. That, and then what? Actually, now you think about Yeah. It's true. It's true. That's I true. Know. It'll blow your mind. So I, okay. Let like, me... are they aware of what they're doing? Like, do they do it just. Out of spite to the viewers? They must. I mean, how, how do we have to hear it every week? But you know what I haven't heard is about Whopper. I haven't heard that Wop likes Whoppers in a while. Have really? You? So they've, they've given that one a rest. I think they gave that one a rest. But then maybe, and, maybe the Filior family said enough of that, you know. And then <laughs> Daniel Falele not playing. So we, yes. don't, we don't have to hear that he's big. <laughs> That's right. That's another one that's thrown out. <laughs> Which is a shame. Oh, I man. wish he was playing, but I don't want to hear that he's big. I, that's I true. just I've I've had enough of that. Yes. I get it. I've st- I stood next to him actually. He is large. I, I would say out of all of those though, the Jake Ferguson Alvarez one, that oh, one it's just has, unbelievable. They they beat that dead horse. They they exhumed, they raised the horse from the dead Frankenstein style, and then they beat the shit out of it again and put it, put it back down, man. It's just insane. They exhume him. That's that's the first time we've used the word exhume, I believe, on the podcast. Today was the day. Um, all right, so we got to do the the weekly Eisman. And it's really, I mean, it's, this one's obvious. Okay. There was a, one performer that, you know, clearly stood out, and it's it's the best performer in the entire Big Ten week in and week out. And it's the Northwestern defense. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it was absolutely. I mean, they did give up some yards. Don't get me wrong. It's not like they clamped down and didn't let Wisconsin have any yardage. But, I mean, three interceptions against Graham Mertz. We thought he was, you know, infallible. They had two other turnovers, five turnovers um, in total. Going over to the, the box score here, we love our, our Northwestern linebackers here on the Eyes on Big podcast. So, guess what? They bo- they had good games. Yeah. The top so, three tacklers. So, I put it way out, like, you know, like moon level heights that all three would get over 12. But two got over 12. Two got over 12. Chris Bergen only had seven, but he had a tackle for loss. So, Patty Fisher had 13 tackles, two tackles for loss. Blake Gallagher, 14 tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss. I mean, altogether, they, I guess they only had three sacks, but seven tackles for a loss. But those turnovers uh, in the sacks, that, that's, I mean, this is my fault. I challenged them. Remember the, the preview? I said, look, I you guys have a good defense. You, you're good at limiting yards, but I'd like to see more. I want to see turnovers. I want to see sacks. So this is all my fault. <laughs> and I accepted that challenge for Northwestern, and they came through for me. Um, there was a sequence. I'm going to kind of mess up when it was, but I think it was the third quarter and Wisconsin had, they, it, it, uh, Northwestern had the ball on their own goal line and they barely got any yards and had to punt. And I think okay. at that time it was, it was either seven to seven or it might've been 14. No, it was 14, seven okay. Northwestern and Ohio, uh, Wisconsin had great field position midfield. And, and, yep. and you're like, Ooh, okay. Wisconsin can make a move here. What happens? Lose a yard on first down, lose a yard or something on second down. Right, huge sack. It was third and twenty. They had to punt. I mean, yeah. And I so I, I on the Big Ten Network, I'm pretty sure they said that Wisconsin ran zero offensive plays in the red zone. They scored from outside the red, so they never even got into yeah, because, the red zone because the only touchdown came from the Graham Mertz bomb. So it's right. definitely possible. I'm, I mean, we are literally seeing one of the greatest defensive schemed efforts <laughs> since I i've know. been watching this conference and, and you know what i want to say something i i kind of make fun of, of fitzy from time to time because sure. i think he's a little douchey but i gotta say he i've really enjoyed his interviews this year and i love what he said at the end of that game he's like i'm i'm gonna start with mike hankwitz and he just started praising mike hankwitz because he deserves every bit of that i yeah. mean where would where would this team be without a Mike Hankwitz mind? Well, I mean, and then you look at all the success Northwestern's had over the years. Um, a lot of Northwestern fans complaining about coordinating, but it wasn't anything on the defensive no. side. I don't remember. I, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever read a a negative comment on Hankwitz in the past. Now they've got a you know palpable offense, and look what they're doing. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Um, we'll talk about the offense a little more, but um, yeah. just amazing. I, I'm yeah. Each I just, each, each week. Each team that has been just terrorized by the Northwestern defense, given more, you know, the gift of time, a week, two weeks, seeing what they're doing to other offenses, it it doesn't make you feel as bad as when it happened to your team. Nebraska right. fans, Iowa fans, we've all had to to deal with it at some point. Yeah, and, you know, just a, a little more, Graham Mertz had a QB uh, ranking, like the QBR, the ESPN one, yeah. it's from 0 to 100, of 44. Yeah, like it's struggled. We just, we didn't expect to see that really this year, I don't think. Well, okay. I mean, we'll talk about when we break down the game, but, um, and then I just want to give a shout out to a couple more units. The sure. Illinois O-line and rushing attack. Yeah, they looked really good. There was there were times, there was a couple drives, like I guess maybe third quarter, I'm like, they are just absolutely yeah. dominating right we'll now. We'll break that down a little bit. Um, the Iowa front seven. 
Yeah. Um, tackles for losses, sacks, multiple times where Penn State had third and one or fourth and one, and not yep. only did they not get it, they got pushed back. Yeah. Um, and then I know it was in a loss, but the um, um, WAP failure. Or excuse me, uh, Ty Freifogel oh, and uh, actually, I should have mentioned Freifogel. Freifogel yeah. and Penix. Um, in they fact, did they did more than what I thought they were going to do. I'll yeah, me much. too. So Freifogel, let's I I should mention them. Seven receptions, two hundred eighteen yards, and three touchdowns against. I mean, admittedly, a Ohio State defensive backfield passing defense that hasn't been spectacular, but. Still. I don't. I don't care. Those guys, uh, Penix especially, impressed the heck out of me. Twenty-seven to fifty-one. So not great efficiency, but four hundred ninety-one yards on those fifty-one attempts. Five touchdowns, interception. Amazing performance for both those guys. All right. Um. So then a couple more. Um. I don't know. I don't know if they're really called housekeeping, but talking points. Um. So I mean, just an overall crazy weekend in the Big Ten again. It was pretty it's crazy. Been, it's been cray cray. Yeah. Um. I think the refs have had a yeah. Oh, you can't boy. see it, folks, but Kurt's just just oh boy got the, like that disappointed parent look on your yeah. face right now. And it started on Friday, yes, and it just never quit. Right, the whole weekend. So I mean, we're kind of jumping the gun a little bit because we haven't broke down the Minnesota Purdue game yet. But um, there was it wasn't just the the call at the end of the game. No, there was bad calls against Minnesota in that Correct. game too, in both I've, ways. It I, was I want to bring them up, okay. yeah. Um, right at the start of the Illinois Nebraska game, questionable bad calls throughout that. I mean, just all over the place there yeah. was bad calls. Um, I don't know what the heck is going. I just don't remember the officiating being this bad growing up watching the Big Ten. Well, like, yeah, even pre- I think it started like five or six years ago. It That's what like. I was going to say. Okay. It's not the first year. This yeah. has been going on and and almost it seemingly progressing and getting worse from year to year. I mean, I think I we bitched a lot about it last year. On the cast as well. Um, so, uh, Colin Miller got hurt in oh, the Illinois-Nebraska yeah. game. Very happy to report that uh, he seems to be fine. He was tweeting yeah. and and reassuring people. Uh, that was the lowest and low moments for, for a lot of people when he was down. You never want to see a guy get carted off like that. Uh, and then almost at the exact same time, Dan Wolken, Jeez. the biggest jackass on the planet, and there's a lot of competition for that title. I mean, he, he does have the title. I think there's, he has the title no officially doubt. now, he, even yeah. more than 40, which is tough oh no, to it, do. he's he's worse than 40. He's I, worse than I mean, Auerbach. He's worse than all of them. Tweeting out, well, you wanted Big Ten football back. Here you go, Nebraska. So number one, you're supposed to be a journalist. That's just that's trolling. That is literally trolling that you would expect out of like. You know, a, a fan, a fan of a fan base that hates Nebraska. That's what they tweet out. Not a journalist. No. So here, I have a theory about this. And oh, by the way, they're carting off Colin Miller at that time. I, mean, I don't know if he was aware of it, but he was made aware of it instantly. So at least apologize or delete the tweet. Sure. But I. Here's the thing. So he's. We talk about forty being negative. Uh, I, I think Woken has gone full on in with the negativity, and that's how he gets his followers that's his shtick and that's so that's his thing like he just tries to be as negative as possible because people come after him and he and he must end up getting more you know followers because of that i i unfollowed that guy a long time ago and i recommend everybody just unfollow just ignore him and i and shame on me because i didn't ignore him i had to say something back to him because i just can't i I couldn't sit there and 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 then that and that's how we do it and then he gets mentions and because of that we're we're part of the problem because i tweeted right at him i know 
when he did that. So I, I need to just ignore him. But I know. I, I, I do, too. I had to stick up for the Nebraska fans, if nothing else. I mean. I'm just sticking up for decency. Yeah, well, like, yeah, Don't too. be a dickhead. That's mostly what I'm talking about. Um, and then I kind of meant to tie this in to what I was talking about. It was another crazy day in the Big Ten. But here's a, here's a, a thought process. You tell me what you think. But it is crazy. Like, it's been off. With that being said, here's two statements that I think I could make from last year, maybe even the last couple of years, that are still true Okay, th- th- this year. Okay. The Big East, or the Big Ten East, mm-hmm. is top-heavy. Yeah. Wasn't it top-heavy last year, last two years? Yeah. I mean, it's basically... It's just that it's it's Ohio State, like it's normally been, but, but Indiana right. second. And, right. I, I, and I'm keeping Indiana firmly in that two spot. There's nobody that's even Mm-mm. remotely challenging them. Nope. Because from three on down... It is a dumpster fire in the Big Ten East. I, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty dumpster fireish. However, you have the improvement of both Maryland and Rutgers. The, the, the basement has come up. Yes. So I, I will say that, but it's there's still a lot of people in the basement. Now, on the other side, the Big Ten West lacks probably a college football playoff contender, but yeah. you better screw on your helmets one through seven in the Big Ten. West. I know it's and true. That's how that division has been for the last two, three, four. It's years. true. So really, it's like things are different. Things are weird. But I mean, who's the worst team in the West? Is it Nebraska? I guess so. And they're they're and not they beat Penn State, right? They're not. It's not like they're not dangerous. Correct. Right. So after Iowa beat uh, Penn State, the Big Ten West is six three against the Big Ten East. Right? Wow, that's cool. With obviously Ohio State having. A win over Nebraska, and I'm having a bad time off the top of my head, but I know they got at least one of those wins. So. Who, who's that? What would you say? Ohio State's got a win over Nebraska. I'm just trying Nebraska to Nebraska, and, and they beat another they beat Penn team. State. They didn't get to play Maryland. They beat, um, obviously, they just beat. Um, I don't know. My brain's not working. Yeah. So, anyways, that's one of the wins there. But I don't know. The more things change, the more things they stay the same type of deal. I, I think bit. they may grab a win potentially next week over a West team, but <laughs> oh, we'll happen. get to that. All right. That gets right into the games. First one up Friday night, pretty fun game for big Kurt and I, we had some friends over. We imbibed in some cocktails. It was an, I'm really, I, I know a lot of Minnesota fans are tired of these Friday night games. I would be tired of these Friday night games. If I was Minnesota, I don't know. I'm enjoying the hell out of these games. They are a blast. I mean, I've always wanted Illinois. Like I used to always beg for them to play some of these Thursday and Friday games just to get more exposure. So I, in that sense, I don't mind them as an Illini fan. I mean, yeah, at the two thirty slot on Saturday is always the, the most coveted, but I don't know. I like I like watching them too. Like and it, I don't want to go crazy with this. I don't want to see Thursday night games, but a one Friday night game every other weekend, I, I'd be down with that. I'm, I'm kind of liking how. To it's be going. honest with you, I I would every take Friday, one every Friday. I would be okay because with then I can just watch the one game and focus on the one game. Yep, it's fantastic. Yeah, and everybody and, is, and you could tell all of Big Ten Twitter is right. Everybody's watching the game. Yeah, everybody's and, got money on something in that game, and it feels like you're getting away with something. Correct. Oh my God, it's Friday night, and I'm yeah, watching I'm Big watching Ten football. football. Yeah, this is it's amazing. Kinda, it's kind of cool. And how did that game wind up? Minnesota 34, Purdue 31, the Gophers with 394 yards of total offense. Pretty good, right? Boilermakers had 492. This line was crazy. Yeah. So it started out when we recorded kind of late on Thursday. The Gophers were favored by roughly a field goal. Yeah, it was right. Two and a half, I think, right? By the time 
it kicked off. Purdue was favored by a field goal. That is crazy. And I, I feel bad for anybody that had money on the line yeah. in this game. Crazy. Because of the way it ended. Right. Uh, but fun game, though. That's the, the one thing about it. It was, it was just a fun game. Wait, I, did I say that right? It was right. No, it was per, the, Purdue was favored. Purdue was and favored. And then Minnesota was favored by the time it was Correct. Over. I don't yeah. know. No, you right. said that. Okay. I think you said that right. Yeah. Um, and then the over under was 61. They went over by just a little bit. Congrats, yep. buddy. Good Somebody job won you, some so. money on that one. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so the, the, the theme of this week, right? Remember the theme is yump to. Who yes. has the more yump to? I, both of these teams had the yump to on they Friday night. This hard. was a great game. It was a fun game. It felt kind of like Minnesota was going to maybe kind of run away with it in the first half, but Purdue kept fighting. Um, one thing that sticks out to me in in the stats, and ESPN's let me down a few times with stats, but it looks like there were zero sacks in this game. That. That's crazy. So Purdue dropped back 43 times to throw. Of course, Minnesota, not as much of a throwing team, but 22 times. So 65 dropbacks with zero sacks in this game. That's got to be – that don't happen very often no. in the Big Ten when you get uh, – and maybe some of that has to do with the fact that we, we don't exactly have stellar defensive units on the field but Friday night. we did get George Karlaftis back. Yes. He was playing. Which, and Rondale Moore. And, so we've got to eat. Eat it a little yeah, bit here so on we, this particular podcast. I, I think we had we had said in the preview, there's no way Rondell Moore plays. I don't think that George Karlaftis plays, and we don't know if Aiden O'Connell plays. So Aiden O'Connell didn't play, but the other two did. Uh, and I wasn't as sure on Karlaftis, but I was on Rondell Moore. Not only did he play, you know what he looked like? He looked like Rondell Moore is what he looked like. There was no rust. No. He was immediately breaking people down, shaking people up. And it's interesting. I mean, they they obviously forced the ball into him. Yes. Um, but it, it's amazing. He still produces now. They, 15 Min- catches, 118, 116 yards. Yeah, but the thing is, i got to give Minnesota some credit for limiting his, his per reception, right? His yards per reception. He got some yards on the ground, too. But pretty good job overall containing him in the open field. Yeah, I would say. That's fair. That's fair to say. Uh, Bell... Also with a uh, a good game, a good game, not quite as good uh, game with Rashad Bateman. Maybe the defensive plan for Bobby Disco was to take him out, but then came Chris Oppen Bell, five catches, 129 yards. He showed out. Uh, Mo Ibrahim, pretty good day. He had a Mo day, right? Three touchdowns, 102 yards. I do think he got but, hurt late in the game. That's the rumor, but but I got to give credit to Purdue's defense for somewhat limiting Mo because I mean he didn't have a, a great average. No, his, right? his average was poor, about four yards per carry, right around four yards per carry, but three touchdowns. But I mean it's better than what we've been seeing of them on the ground. Not to mention Purdue also. Ran the ball a little bit. Correct. 125 yards on 25 attempts. That's not too bad. It's a lot better than what we've been seeing from them. Well, they went against the Minnesota defense. All right. Touche. I mean, that is obviously part of it. It is a thing. And they also, despite dropping back 43 times to pass, the time of possession was dead even almost. Dead even. In fact, you go up and down these stats. I mean, I know Purdue wound up with quite a bit more yards, but like, it's not like anybody on the gopher page is just jumping out at you. No. It was just one of those games where, you know, statistics lie a little bit. Minnesota just made more plays when they needed to be made. And that was the difference in the game, along with the call. Okay. At the end of the game. Well, there was two calls. Because remember, there was a pass interference call on Minnesota. Pretty late in the game. Which was complete BS. I still don't even know what the ref was looking at. No clue. And then, so 
is this kind of a makeup call thing? Is that, that was, okay? It was on the same side of the field. <laughs> yeah. So I have to assume it was the same ref looking at that play. I believe right? so. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I would just think so because it was in the same area. So, and of course, we're talking about the pass interference on uh, is it Payne Durham? Is I that think so the, the the tight end? So the uh, end of the game, Jack Plummer drops a beautiful pass in the corner of the end zone. Tight end catches it, and just phantom pass interference call. Yeah. I mean, was there a little bit of a hand of but, the of the Purdue receiver against the Minnesota defender? Yes. But like I really but also need the to bear, see it. The, I really need to see an aggressive push off to take that touchdown. But off also the, board. the ball wasn't in the air either. Okay. It's not like Yeah. I don't know. It was but at the same breath, if I'm a gopher fan, I'm not apologizing for the win. I'm taking the win. And, no, of course and enjoying not. It. I mean, I don't know what, what they can do about it. I don't know. It was a really good game. It's just unfortunate to see it come down to that. You would just rather see the yeah. defense just make the play as opposed to what that was. Yeah. If I was a Purdue fan, I'd be pretty spicy, though. I, I think uh, Jeff Brown was pretty spicy. I mean, okay, I, I get the idea of the makeup call. You do see that sometimes, right? But you don't do it on the game-winning play. I would hope You can't not. make a makeup call on the game-winning play. You would think you could avoid that. I yeah. would think so. That was yeah. just really disappointing way to, to, to end, end the game. To end the which game. Which was until, I mean, the whole game was fantastic. Very entertaining. It's just unfortunate that that's what the takeaway is going to be from almost everybody is how they got screwed. I mean, I think Brom. <laughs> how did, how did, how'd the handshake go? Did we... Did we ever check that uh, out? It was pretty normal. Okay. I, I remember seeing it, and they it wasn't like one of those quick ones where they barely touch hands. It was just like, you know, Boom. shake, walk, yeah. keep walking past one another. Yeah. They didn't sit there and, and hug and kiss, yeah. but it, it seemed about a pretty typical handshake. It it wasn't aggressive on either side, um, but Brom, I think, created a few new swear words at the end of that game there. <laughs> yes. I mean, he was. He might have, he might have like spoken <laughs> demonic tongue, tongues at some point. It's actually kind of, well, so, and PJ, by the way, PJ, my angry PJ Fleck is my favorite PJ Fleck. And yeah. he was so hot Wait. after that one too. Um, he was hot. But then do you, do you remember when he was getting interviewed? Oh God. <laughs> You know, the funny thing is, my my wife, Mrs. Greek, reminded me of that just today. He, so I don't know if any, if how many people saw it, but he was really obviously stoked and excited that his team just won the game. He's getting interviewed, and they, they're like, okay, thanks, Coach Fleck. And he just turns around and took off on a dead sprint, like running a 4-4 into the locker this is so random. It was so funny. I saw oh, so God. many Illini fans like, what just happened, Oh, man, that was funny. God, All right. Was, uh, <laughs> what, what, we did mention Chris Oppen Bell, but it was good to see him. Like, I've been kind of waiting for, like, a big breakout, and he, he kind of had it with the five receptions, 129 yards. He had some yeah, good plays there. Good, for sure. Good game by him. With the win, Minnesota moves to 2-3. and three. Purdue falls to 2-2. Two and two. That moves us into Saturday. We had two noon games. First up, Ohio State, 42 Indiana, 35. The Buckeyes with 607 yards of total offense to the Hoosiers, 490. This was a a line by Buckeyes by 20.5, so obviously a crazy easy uh, cover by the Hoosiers. Or was it? They were down 35-7 to at one point. Over under 66, so this went over quite a bit. Um, We called this game 
almost exactly through two and a half, almost three quarters. Right. I think I, I my prediction for the uh, uh, score at the end of the game was 42 to 14. Yep. The score was 42 to 14. I'm almost positive. Or it was 35 to 14 at one point. I think it was 42 to 14. I think it was 42 yeah. to 14. I'm like, ooh, I might yeah. hit this one. And then the Hoosiers just kept fighting, man. Right. So as far as Yump 2, Ohio State came out with the Yump 2, but then Indiana turned theirs on. For I, sure. I, unbelievable to be down to a team like Ohio State, 35 to 7, and make it a one-score game. And, and the difference in this game was a Sean Wade pick six. And he's struggled all year, but yes, but, but that, think that's about one that. way to turn your confidence around right think there. Think about that. That yeah. was the difference between the the better sure. team was a pick six. Otherwise, these teams were dead even. For on the score, on, on the, the scoreboard, score. although you can go through some stats here. Well, another, okay. another crazy one is we found out Justin Fields is indeed from planet Earth, I believe, on Saturday. Finally. Uh, three interceptions. I believe somebody tweeted or texted me going into this game. He had three career interceptions. I think that's right. And then he had three interceptions on Saturday. Or at least three in the Big Ten, right? Maybe that's what it was. Okay. Was, yeah. Something like that. Anyways. Something like way that. More, way more picks than we thought. Um, how crazy is it that that people on Twitter, I think me and you to a certain degree too, were singing the praises of the aggressive Indiana defense? Yes. Like they were making Ohio State look like a – a somewhat struggling offense and they wound up with 600 yards of total offense almost right down I know. 300 yards passing 307 yards rushing how good your offense it, if it's quote-unquote struggling and it still puts up 600 yards and 42 points well there's that but also yeah it's just weird because it, it I did feel like their defense was playing well and then I look at the yardage I'm like oh well eh, maybe maybe they didn't play so well it's incredible yeah um so one thing, one thing I, okay, well, before I get to that, we had like kind of a recipe for how Indiana was going to win yes, this game, right? Correct. And it can was, I, can I go through them? Go for it. Okay. Penix making plays, one, play great defense, two, clean, clean play, three. Now, Penix definitely made plays. But hold on, it was that. more than that. Okay. Because it was hassle Justin Fields and caused him to turn the ball over. Can we can can they do that? We said, Oh, I don't think they're gonna do that. They did it. They did do that. They they hassled him all day. He yep. was not comfortable. No. And no. he it showed with those three interceptions. I mean, it showed, but he still had he, he still had uh, eighteen of thirty for three hundred yards, two touchdowns, and then on the field he had, or on the rushing attack, he had seventy-eight yards and a touchdown. He yeah. had three hundred and seventy-eight yards of total offense and three touchdowns, and we're saying he struggled. Right. I mean, it's just that it. He it, made. We're just. It's that. It's a compliment to Fields because it's that shocking when you just see him do anything poorly, let alone three picks. Right. And a couple of them were pretty bad ones, like bad decisions. Yes, they were. So now, one, I want to criticize Ohio State for something. Okay. They were, what, yes. up by seven oh, points. This was wrong. They were, what, 10-yard line or maybe inside the 10-yard line. It was fourth down. Three and, and a half, three minutes left? Three. Yeah, something like that. And they, you could go up by two scores, and they chose mm-hmm. to go for it. It was the dumbest. And that's just that's just pure ego. That's arrogance. That's arrogance. I, I and it's still stu- love the quaff. He's a great coach. He's, I think, going to learn from that. So re- remember, <laughs> so I was just thinking how just dumb that was. How, you know. And I was, it made me, I was thinking about the quaff. Remember when uh, George Costanza, he 
got the toupee and he's wearing the toupee. Yeah. Remember what Elaine said to him? He did something stupid. She goes, I think they suture that thing to your head. Yeah. <laughs> that's For like, sure. Although the quaff we know is real. Correct. I'm not the saying he's got a piece, but real. I think his real quaff was sutured to his head. <laughs> In that moment, because that yeah. was just so stupid. I mean, I did see a little bit of Ohio State Twitter getting on their coach. Like, why would we do that? Um, I I do not know how that gets all the way through the ranks of the coaching staff. Like, somebody's got to grab day at some point and say, this is stupid. And I know the defense is the play was there. The play was there. Justin Fields did miss him, but that's no excuse. That's what happens Correct. when you call plays like that. Yes. Yeah. It was just silly. It was weird. Um, David Ellis coming back for the IU Hoosiers was was big for them. That opened up their passing game, I think, a little more. And Ty Freifogel, okay, I'm going to try to see if I can do this right, is the best non-Ohio State, non-Purdue, Big Ten wide receiver not named Rashad Bateman. <laughs> that's, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't say that twice, but that was fan- that's fantastic. I mean, the guy's just a freaking beast. He's good. I mean, Seven. and I tell you what, he made himself some money. Like he, he's just yes. he's just starting to get a little bit more national attention, I believe. Doing it in that game against and I know again, we know this isn't a elite uh, Ohio State defense and secondary. But there's still elite but talent. It is. So it's he's still beating elite talent correct. one-on-one. Correct. And that's going to make you money. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. whatever. Shout out to uh, Master Teague, too. 26 carries, 169 yards, two touchdowns. That dude's a muscle hamster, man. Like, Yeah, if, he is. If, if he gets a little bit of a crease in a lane, you're going for a ride when you try to tackle that. And dude. he showed some speed on that one he long did. touchdown, too. That was pretty He's impre- not the shiftiest guy in the world, but straight ahead just going through. Yep, pretty I wouldn't impressive. want to tackle him. Um, I'm going to shout out to uh, Jerome Johnson, Demo Man, Demolition Man. Had a had that big pick on the, that bounced off. Right. It seemed like seven people, but it was like a, a three Hoosiers touched it. Um but then we we at least have to mention their inability to run the ball. They had negative one rushing yes, yards. Yes, yes. I mean you can't ignore that. <laughs> no, that is. I mean, to a certain degree, they just they just gave up on the run. Well, they Once did. they got to the second half, they were down by so much. Sure. But um, the thing is, is Indiana's rushing attack has kind of been their Achilles heel yes, all year. It has been. It, it's officially an Achilles heel now. I mean, I know it's Ohio State, but other teams have run the ball in Ohio State a little bit. Yep. That's that was the difference to me. In yeah, this game, they just don't. Of. Their offensive line just doesn't get a good push. It doesn't seem like so. Yeah. They had a 308 yard differential in rushing in this game. <laughs> you, you typically win those games by more than seven points. You, you do. And so, you know, when, I guess my question for Ohio State, when are they going to gel on defense? Are they going to gel on defense? Because if they keep playing like this, I don't care if they go undefeated and win the Big Ten. They're, they're not going to perform well in the playoff. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure I agree with that because I just don't think – not only is there not an elite defense to those top teams, there's really not even a – Good to really good yeah, defense. Maybe like they, they basically look like a lot of those teams at the top. That's fair. So all right. With the win, Ohio State moves to four and zero. obviously with the one missed game. Indiana falls to four and one. Next game up, Illinois 41, Nebraska 23. The Illini with a robust 490 yards of total offense to the Huskers 392. This was a line that had the Huskers favored by 14 and a half. So we are talking about 30 some points in the opposite direction about the easiest cover you could ask for if somebody bet 
on Illinois. Over-under was 59. This freaking thing went over the over-under, which uh, really ticked me off. And it didn't go over until that last touchdown, by the way. Oh, was that right? Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Okay. Um, wow, dude. Uh, you want to start or you want me? Okay. Let's 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 just make sure we do this. Let's start with Illinois. Yeah, first. that's how I wanted to do okay. it. Um, so I rewatched. I, I I try to, and I'm pretty successful at watching every single Big Ten game during the season. I yep. mean, the Big Ten and sixty makes it easy, or I watch it live. Right, take right. notes, watch it live. If I ever watch a game twice, you know, it's typically the Iowa game. Obviously, sure. I watched this game live and watched it twice to see what the heck went down. I gotta get. I gotta give Fat Boy some credit. Rod Smith. <laughs> yeah, he called me Illinois' again. offensive coordinator. Yeah. was unconscious calling plays, and it was just a game plan thing. With and I want to make sure I give you credit. Yeah, I was dead wrong. I was all about playing Juice 2.0. You said no. Brandon Peters comfortably won this quarterback competition. Mm-hmm. He deserves to be the starter. I said fine. Brandon Peters balled out yeah. and just something that I saw it's 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 simple but it's deceptive at the same time which is usually how the best you know uh, offensive attacks go but they would consistently have uh, a split back pro set yep and they got two running backs in the backfield that can both carry the ball yeah so I feel like the defense has got to stay spread apart because you don't know which way it's going the line would move to the right. Like, in example, the long uh, Epstein run okay. was in the second quarter, which blew that game open, by the way. Yeah. That, that that little series of events right there. You can see what they're doing. They're influencing the front seven by moving the line to the right. Mm-hmm. But very quickly, the other running back not getting the ball peels back. And he's sure. so quick, he gets up on the linebacker, and then Epstein takes it off, and it just opened up like the C. Boom. So he is down. They come into the same set. Linebackers suck up close, and then they throw it over the top to a matter baby. Nebraska was guessing. They were. It was a great offensive performance, and I agree with you. Rod Smith, I've been very critical of him at times, called a great game. And Brandon Peters, not only did he – I mean, he didn't have a great game when you look at, like, just the statistics, but it was an efficient game. And I'm telling you, those two back shoulder throws that he threw to Bebe were I mean, the one. Those are NFL throws. Absolutely NFL throws. The touchdown was incredible. He was showed a lot of poise and confidence. He looked like a guy that had been watching film for a couple weeks and wanted to play some football. Yeah. And came out and balled. He sure did, man. And and I, you know, they, it allowed them to have a more balanced attack than if you just had Isaiah Williams back there. Correct. You know, so I it, they made the right call, I think, on the quarterback. Um, Juice got a, a carry and did something with yeah. it. You know, it was kind of a, we got to salt this thing away. Um, part of the reason that he was comfortable back there was how good the Illinois offensive line looked in both pass pro and running the ball. Two running backs over 100 yards with uh, Epstein and Brown. And then Peters himself had 36 carries. So 284 yard, 285 yards rushing, a 5.5 yard average, four touchdowns from the rushing attack. I mean, when Illinois is running the ball and forcing turnovers on the other side, that's that's the recipe. They're actually tough to beat. And, you know, it's strange that they seem to perform best. It's almost like the team is taking the the identity of Brandon Peters because they perform best when they're not supposed to win. Sure. 
Like Brandon Peters, when all the pressure's off, when it's fourth and 17, that's when he makes his best throws, right? Because there's no pressure on him. That they, they play their best games when they're big underdogs. I, I think that's fair to say. Isn't that weird? Maybe it's and that maybe is a game plan slash, you know, coaching thing where the coaches say, okay, our backs are against the wall. Doesn't matter. Let's let it rip. It'd be nice if they just played well against the teams they're supposed to beat, too. Yeah. Yeah. I know that feeling. But they, um, uh, speaking of lovey ball, eight turnovers in the last three halves of football. Okay. Wow. Not two games. That's three halves, eight turnovers. So you mentioned the offensive line. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, you mentioned the two 100-yard rushers. I think I'm not sure anything makes me happier as a fan than when my team wins and has two guys go over 100 yards. That's just such a great feeling, isn't it? Yes, which flips it over to the other side. There is nothing more demoralizing than when you can't stop a rushing attack and you can't stop turning the ball over. So not only did Illinois have a 36-23 to 23, uh, advantage on the clock, they had a five turnover advantage. Yeah, I mean, you you just are never going to win a Big Ten game giving the ball away. I mean, Luke McCaffrey, three picks, uh, two fumbles lost. Wandale Robinson, uh, anything that could go wrong went wrong for Nebraska. Yeah. Um, now and I'm not Illinois made some of that stuff go wrong. I don't. I they don't, did. I, I don't. But. Luke McCaffrey's not the answer throwing the ball for Nebraska. They made so their, that's another thing you were right on. They Give made the wrong decision. Give you credit on that. Um, because Martinez has really killed the Illini the last two years. That is another side of it, too. They probably the should have just played him just thinking about that. Like, you know, even if they even if they feel like Luke won the, the job, they should have said, yeah, but 2 a.m.'s played great against the Illini. And he came in. And, and he looked good. Yeah, he looked good through I, the only touchdown. I'm telling you, I don't think Luke McCaffrey's a a quarterback. I just he, I, he he's an athlete. He yeah. he you know what he should be playing? Wide receiver. His dad's position. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Looks just like his dad too out there too. It's just it's not a fluid throwing motion number 1 nope. and number 2 is just he's got to be so on schedule throwing like you know Illinois went okay, first of all the game started out with I think it's fair to say a questionable call by the refs on the forward pass. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't that it? That was but, I don't know about that. But, but I will say their explanation was pretty solid. They did not have a, a camera angle straight down the, the, so the sideline. The yeah, so they just left the it up to the call in the field. I, now, get, I get why they did it. I didn't think it was the right call. I when, agree. With that being said, um, that still is a little bit on the play call right there. Um, you know, we, we what I'm saying is we've seen a lot of these passes to the perimeter for Nebraska without a ton of success. In fact, I would say it's hurt them more. And I know that they're trying to set stuff up. That's a part of the frost schemed offense, but I don't know. I just don't think it's looked as good as you'd want it to look. Um, in, so in that situ situation right there, Illinois or Nebraska turns the ball over. Illinois has gotten short field. They score a touchdown. Nebraska went right down the field and scored. And McCaffrey looked really good yeah. on that drive to make it seven, seven. There's this thing going on where I feel like the scripted plays at the beginning of the game hmm. for Scott Frost, they've, they've gone down the field and scored a it's, lot. If you remember, they did it right point. versus Ohio, Ohio state. state. They yeah. got up early on Penn state. A good point. Of course, the only defense I don't think they did that on was Northwestern, but yeah. um, you know what I mean? Like, but, but then I don't know if it's an adjustment thing or if it's running out of the script where Luke or their quarterbacks get uncomfortable, but then the struggle bus happens. But there's just other things going on. You know, the turnovers, the, you know, it was uh, 
I believe it was 21 to seven. Yes, 21 to seven, Illinois. Uh, going in to score on fourth down to make it 21 to 14, holding call on Jurgens. Yeah. He is struggling both blocking and with the snaps. Yeah, that he is, was struggling all day with the snaps. Yep. And I don't know if he's he's healthy. That might be a part of it. But they have to take those points off the board and kick a field goal. So now it's 21 10. Yep. And then two plays later is the Epstein 50, 60 yard run. Ball game right there. Kind of was. Epstein, uh, a matter baby, touchdown Epstein. That was it. Now suddenly it's 28 to, to 10, as opposed to it potentially being 21 to 14, literally sure. just five minutes before that. That's how the. I, I'm not saying like these two teams are, you know, razor thin close, but that's, that is a play of events right there. Oh, for sure. Completely flipped the game. Oh, yeah. This could have been a different game. I agree. That's okay. a good, uh, that's okay. a good point. I think. Yeah, that probably was the turning point of the game right there. Yep. And Illinois took advantage of it, so you got to give them credit there. The thing about 2 a.m. versus McCaffrey is once 2 a.m. came in, you actually started seeing wide receivers that weren't named Wandale Robinson. That I just you really hadn't seen all game. I mean, I, f- I felt like they were trying to get Wandale Robinson the ball. Uh, seven carries for 60 yards. I mean, that's an 8.6-yard average. He was running hard. That dude runs hard. Yeah, he has got to take better care of the football. Yes, he, he throws that. He has that ball out there Correct. like a chicken wing. Correct. <laughs> um, and then, but here's the deal. Here, here's the rushers. Luke McCaffrey, 26 too carries. Many. That's probably a little too many. A little bit too many, I, even against the I'm not the trying Illini. to question McCaffrey's toughness. He's a tough kid, but you don't want your quarterback carrying the ball 26 times. Uh-huh. And it wasn't, you know... Him getting out of, uh, you know, scrambling and take, you know, and sliding down or getting out of bounds. He was taking hits. You just can't yep. do that. But after that, after Luke McCaffrey and Wandale Robinson, who are who are both non-running backs. Like I know Wandale kind of is, but he's yeah. he's a he's a gadget guy. He's a gadget guy. After that, uh, Scott eight carries, twenty-two yards. Ron Johnson one carry, three yards. They're this they're has not been even, the theme all year. They're not. It's like they don't even. It's like they ignore the running back position. It's very strange. It is the oddest thing. I don't know why they're right doing now. that. You know, I we're not going to get too deep into this now, but the bloom is as far off the rose with Scott Frost yeah. now than it's ever been. There's since. been a. I was getting a lot of DMs asking me, you What's know, up? like say, like saying what what do you think about Scott Frost? And I was I was just giving my honest answers that like we haven't seen clean play from Nebraska since he came to to the Big 10. Um not great special teams play, not great defense. I just think there's a lot of things it's going ne- wrong. It's just never or if I don't know about never, but somebody'd have to point it out to me. Very rarely has it been all three phases yeah. that got a passing grade. So right. I'm not saying look great, just like a passing sure. grade. Sometimes the defense look good. But the offense will be bad. The defense will be spe- special teams will be horrible. Right. Or, you know, last week, the special teams and defense were really good. The offense was poor. They were able to pull sure. out a win. It's just it's never fit together. And I mean, I've got a lot of the same DMs and text messages. And at this point, I mean, we still got a lot of season left. But like you wonder if the schemes that he relies on fits well with a big time conference like this. I, like, I, I think it's fair to at least question that. Correct? Absolutely. I think he, he, he has to reconsider what he's doing, especially defensively, but maybe even offensively. Like you, 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 I don't know that you can not have running back and, and win games in the big 10 West or, or not be able to rely 
more heavily on your defense. Right. But I, I thought their defense was rounding together I thought so this too. year. That, uh, yeah. That, so I, I was confident with my uh, bet on the under in this game. It's still almost hit with Illinois exploding. I, I expected uh, Illinois' defense to look pretty good versus uh, Nebraska's offense. But the other side, I, I well, just blew my mind. And I want to give a little more credit to the Illinois offense because this is the offense that we thought could be possible for Illinois this year because they are just so old. They are so experienced. They've got they played so many games together on the offensive line. You got a fifth year senior at quarterback coming back for a second year. You got the same scheme. Everything was lining up, and then we were just seeing you know garbage. And, and Lovey did talk about that about how excited they were to get the band back together right. a little bit. The yep. offensive line was back together. Peters was back together. And it seemed like because of that, Rod Smith had a lot of confidence back together. I don't know. Either Nebraska is just struggling that much or we'll see. I think has Illinois have, rounded yeah. into Maybe. a team that people do not want to play moving forward. Maybe one thing I want to, one more thing. Uh, Blake Hayes, the greatest punter who's ever lived. Yeah. He tweeted oh, out, he you. tweeted out, so okay. First of all, that was the yeah it was a it was not a fake punt call. No, it was one of those where uh, he wasn't getting rushed. And you see this happen a lot. The punter just will wait and wait to allow his coverage to get further down the field before he punts. And I was screaming, "Run, Because it was wide open. There wide was open. nobody there. And so he, you could see him go for it, but then hesitate and stop. And I'm screaming, "Run it's the there. damn ball!" And then he tried it again. And he stopped, and he went again and stopped, and like, what are you on the third? The third one where he's, you know, okay. Oh I my know god! You, I know you haven't played as much video games as me, but there are times when you have like an open field, and you accidentally hit the L one button, sure. and you just juke when there's <laughs> nobody like within fifteen That's yards, and you're like, why did I do that? I mean, I thought at one point he was he actually wasn't going to make it. <laughs> So anyway, he tweeted on on Twitter. He he put, uh, "I saw a ghost at, at at some point." So so I wanted to say, you know what ghost he saw? He saw the galloping ghost oh. because the last time Illinois won in Lincoln was 1924 when when Red Grange was 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 running up and down the field for the the vaunted Illini. Look what you just did there, man. That was yep. good. Great connection, He's, man. Yep. Knocks. Thanks. All right, with the win, Illinois moves to two and three. Nebraska falls to one and three. Well, that moves us pretty uh, efficiently right into the next game. Iowa 41, Penn State 21. The Hawks with 361 yards of total offense to the Nittany Lions 342. This one also moved crazy. This started out as Iowa, most the whole week, Iowa by three. It was all the way to Penn State by 1.5 by the time to kickoff. This one went well over for the total in the game. Um, yeah, so let's start out. Uh, we'll start with Iowa. Um, good performance. <laughs> um, well, okay, so we've got to mention who had more yump two in Illini, uh, okay. Nebraska, obviously Illini, but who had more yump two here? I mean, I'm giving it. To the the Iowa defense, yes. the Iowa defense is just rounding together right now. Um, I really didn't see them being this good Neither this that. year. No, but they are now looking like the Iowa defense we've seen from the last few years. I mean, Phil Parker's a friggin' wizard. So yeah, I'm not even sure who's better, Hankwitz or Parker. At this I mean, point. you could. They're they're it's, both good. It's a toss up. <laughs> um, it's crazy. It's crazy too. With uh, again, you know, during the game. Hawkeye Twitter is alive. I'm interacting with them. I've got buddies that I text with. Penn State went right down the field 
and scored on their, I don't know if it was their first possession, but early in the game. Yep. Um, pretty much Will Levis just running quarterback blasts. I mean, that was here's another one. I mean, this is kind of, they're kind of like Nebraska in that sense, right? They are. They are. Um, and they just, by the way, another one you were right with quarterback takes. Um, I thought Penn State would just look better with Levis at yeah. quarterback. It, not only did they not look better, they they kind of looked worse. But anyways, uh, yeah, like, a little bit gonna, worse. What I was going to say is. You know, my, my buddies and Hawkeye Twitter was melting down because Penn State went down the field so sure. easy. This is another thing that I was like a staple with. Early in the game, they give up early touchdowns. Yeah, they do, don't they? And then he just adjusts. It, he, this ain't no halftime adjustment. No, you're, this is literally getting adjusted on the fly that's right. between series, and it's, that's it. That's exactly what's happening. That has to be what's I mean, this happening. was this was a 7-3 to three game at the end of the first quarter, okay? This was a 10 to 7 Iowa game with uh I believe it was 7 minutes left in the first half. Okay. It's 10 to 7 Iowa, okay. 7 minutes in the first Which half. Which is to be honest with you, the kind of the game I expected. 100%. 100%. Then uh, Penn State just went straight stupid at that point. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean, then uh Penn State just did some baffling things at the end of the game. So it was about whatever, like 7 minutes to go. It was still ten to seven. Iowa went down the field, uh, had some really. Uh, Peters made plays. Uh, this is why I'm like, ah, Peters yeah. made plays. To, and then a long second twenty, uh, uh, got a long completion, scored a touchdown. So now it's seventeen seven. Then Penn State gets the ball back and goes for it on fourth down midfield. Gets stuffed. That was yeah. Iowa took a sack, couldn't score. Penn State gets the ball back, but this is where it got crazy. End of the half. I mean, we had like a minute left. Right. And James Franklin goes for it on fourth down midfield where you punt the ball away. Iowa's got to go the distance of the and field. And Iowa's not the kind of offense that's, that's just going to march down the field and score. I mean, you you know you're going to be able to keep them from scoring at, in that situation, right? And not only did he go for it, it was – putting the ball in Levis's hand to throw it. And it was like a 15-yard route downfield. And then hold on. Didn't he not go for it with like three minutes left in the game then? Yes. Why would you not go for it there? But you go for it with those in those two situations he's, in the first half. He's He must have forgot what half it was. <laughs> he literally reversed what you're supposed to do in the half yes. there. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And I, this is why Penn State, certain sections of twins, Penn State Twitter are melting down on Franklin right now because – you can't be 0-5 doing stuff like that because it's just going to throw more gas on the fire. By the way, first time ever 0-5 in program history. And then uh, Brian Ferentz called a great uh, series at the end of the half to make it 24-7 to at halftime. Essentially, that was the ball that game. That was the ball game. Right there. Yeah. But I'm kind of trying to, not very well. Compare this to the sequence of events like with Illinois and Nebraska. That's how fast it goes. I mean, right? It, it's, no, it's ten it, to seven. You get a touchdown, seventeen seven. Penn State gets the ball back, two gaffes in a row. Next thing you know, you're down twenty four to seven at halftime, and the game's basically and, done. And I thought they were going to blow their doors off after that, but then you got to give them credit because they did kind of come back. I mean, if Penn you, State's a second half team, man, I, they are a second half team. Good point. But if I was you, I know I would have been clenching my butt cheeks. Oh, oh you could have. Uh, Stuck some coal out there and right. pulled the diamond out for, and it was really, I mean, and uh, it wasn't from Will Levis. Um, Sean Clifford came in and they basically just said, we're just going to toss it up to the best athlete we have on offense with Dotson. He made the plays. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. But again, Illinois or Iowa 
readjusted again. I mean, obviously at that point, the game plan was, you know, limit the big plays because uh, Penn State had nothing going on the ground all boy. day. I mean, nope. Iowa's front seven. And boy, do we have to give a shout out to Davion Nixon. Yep. Not only is he in the running for dead serious Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. He it, hmm. he is okay. He is. You I mean, you start that... looking up. He's leading leading the uh, league in in tackles for losses. Okay, has quite a few uh, sacks, and then he came up with the, I think the greatest fat boy touchdown. I have. oh I don't know if it's the greatest, oh, but I oh. love that move, that juke move that he made. That's with what the, makes it the greatest. Holding he, the the ball he, like a he, loaf of bread or he something. Pivoted the ball over and then outran Sean Clifford. He did. That was, that's a 300-pound dude sprinting down the field. That was – I mean, at that point, um, Penn State was only down by 10. They go down and score yeah. a touchdown there. We're, we're making this really interesting. That was a huge play. It was a huge game. play, and, yeah, that was pretty much the end of the game. So I, I just want to point out only 62 yards rushing that the this defense gave up to Penn State on 35 attempts. They only averaged 1.8 yards per carry against the Iowa defense. It's it, – and – I, Penn State's offensive rushing attack has been struggling it has. on its own, but man, I was front seven. Jack Campbell came back healthy. He is a thumper at middle linebacker. There's multiple guys along the defensive line transfers in. Yeah, Van Valkenburg. Yes. I mean, guys. I didn't are, realize he was a transfer. Yep, until, he's a transfer. Uh, Heflin's a transfer. Um, oh, Golston. that's right. He's the he's the kid just, from Northern Illinois, yeah, those right? Were both, those were both free agent pickups. Oh boy, I forgot about year. that. They had five sacks on the day. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. And just you know, again, if you're if your quarterback is your leading rusher, Will Levis ran for 34 yards. It's the only guy that got anything done on the ground. Correct on the ground against the Hawkeyes. So I think the Hawkeyes D is officially back. I want to mention the the throwback unis. Oh, dude. For Penn State. how gr- That was a great uniform game. It was an excellent uniform game overall. But I, Penn I, State's unis are, were fresh. They were cool, but I didn't like the number the font. The numbers were huge. The numbers were too big, and I don't like that font as much as just the standard one that they yeah. use. Other than that, that is a, I love those britches with yeah. the single stripe down the Phenomenal. side to match the helmet stripe. I don't know why they don't do that all the time. I me and you have warred in the past on Penn State's uniforms. I love them regardless, but I agree that those are even a bigger step up from how much I love Penn State's uniforms to begin with. And I like having something on the helmet. Like, I could see not doing the yeah. numbers because they don't want people thinking, well, they're just copying Alabama. But it'd be cool if they had a number on one side and the oval Nittany line on the other side. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. that be cool? I would say just the numbers, but... Um, All right. Uh, I made a joke on Twitter that said, because the... Penn State numbers were so big were and they stood out. And I'm like, if you can't read Penn State's jersey numbers, you probably need glasses. Sure. And somebody replied back with, just said, Helvetica bold 46 fonts or something. Oh, nice. <laughs> awesome. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Although and, I do like the black shoes. I, I didn't like the white shoes as much. I know that's their kind of their tradition thing. is that black yeah. shoes. I, I like that better. And I like the solid blue sock. I know not a lot of people showed the, the Northwestern stripe on that sock. But I don't. I just don't like that. With that it, being said, I just love to turn a game on and know who I'm cheering for as soon as I see the teams. On I know, it. and that's that's isn't, what we got. Isn't on, that on, a thing? Like it's nice. Like I don't mind an alt once a year. Yeah, but, but, but I, I but, mostly but when wanna... you're when you're wearing black, when your primary colors are red <sighs> and yellow, makes no sense. Uh, shout out to the Iowa rushing attack, uh, uh, Makai Sargent. 
Uh, 101 yards, 6.7 yard average, two touchdowns. He really balled out. Tyler Goodson, that's quite a good of an average, but he had a touchdown. He made plays. Spencer Petras looked pretty good. And right now, if you give Brian Ferentz this rushing attack that he has to work with and just a pretty good Petras, mm-hmm. I think this can wind up being a really tough team to beat. So here, this is interesting. We're talking about how they are ignoring the the running back position. Uh, running backs in this game for Penn State only carried the ball 13 times. I just don't think that's a good recipe. And they gave win. up. I think they gave up. Yeah, they just gave up even trying it because they couldn't so. get anywhere. I mean, number one, they, they weren't having success. And number two, they were behind. I mean, they were down 24 to 7 at halftime. You typically abandon the run at that point, but I don't think they should. I mean, I think they should, they should keep working on it, but I don't know. Maybe that's just the way it's going for them. Yeah. Okay. But, you know. I don't know what if you're Penn State, where's your mind at, and how do you get this right? I don't know. Is it? I'm. They're they're just so broken right now. They are broken. I. They might actually be the most broken. I mean, there's three there's three contestants for the most broken team right now, and they're all blue bloods. Right. And that's why it feels more broken when it happens to them because you don't expect. God, it. That is true. It's Nebraska, Michigan, Penn State. They're all broken. Yeah. And I don't know which one's the most broke either. I, this is the weird thing. I think Penn State is the most broke, but I think they are the closest to fixing it back yeah. up next year. I can't really explain that. No, but. that's true because yeah. I mean they are the they do have the most talent of any of those three teams. Fair, and they've got proven coaching. Like it's it just happened last year. We right. just saw a really good year yeah. out of Penn State. They've been fantastic. The four years previous to this, it's just crazy. Yeah. With the win, Iowa moves to three and two. Penn State falls to a first time ever zero and five. Shout out to my ex coach, Coach Ferentz. One hundred Big Ten wins. It's him and legends right now at the top yep. of the Big Ten. I mean, it's uh, Amos Alonzo Stag. It's Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler. All the only three in front of them right now. And Kirk Ferentz. Yep. Yeah, I think we can put the whole mediocre coach thing away till um, pretty much the end of time. I do I do like what he said though. He goes, "Well, I guess those guys probably got there a little faster than I did." <laughs> He's was, always going to be a little That's kind of funny. That's his self-deprecating humor. All right, we will skip the other afternoon game, leave it for the end, instead talk about a big one, a crazy one. Our one and only evening game. Michigan 48, Rutgers 42. This was in three overtimes. The Scarlet or Wolverines had 495 yards of total offense to the Scarlet Knights, 486. Wolverines favored by 10, did not cover that. Obviously, this thing went way over with the help of overtime. Um, during the game, I mean, a game in which Michigan was down a lot of the game. They looked bad. They looked bad most. I mean, they were down almost the or the entire first they were, half. I yeah, believe. they were down basically the whole time. I think I think I saw this tweet 45 times on Twitter. Okay. They're going to leave Jim Harbaugh in Piscataway. <laughs> I mean, I seriously saw that. No joke, 12 times. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is much better Rutgers team, but yeah, you, if you're Michigan, you you can't lose to Rutgers, but they I mean, I'm not okay, going to say so they the got wa- out the want to yeah, good, good call, good call. Yump two. Who who had the yump two in this game? Okay, Rutgers did. I think no doubt it was Rutgers. But I mean, you have got to give Michigan credit. Yeah. They 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 fought back. And the only reason they were able to fight back was Cade McNamara. Quarterback change. Boy, that made a big difference, didn't it? 
And it was at halftime. I mean, the look, stats he put up by only pl- I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Although you know what though? He he the one thing that scares me, he's got a Shea Patterson look to him. <laughs> he does. He he looks like Patterson out there. I, I except know. he's more effective. I, I think. think I think he's better than Shea but, Patterson. But you know, I we, we had said before I I wasn't blaming everything on Joe Milton, but maybe I should be blaming more of it on Joe Milton. Maybe just the overall he was he was he he is erratic. At times. Yeah. Like missing guys. Um, I mean, McNamara, 27 of 36. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a very efficient four, four, four touchdowns. T- yes. In I mean, half. we should have, we should have probably listed him as an Eisman person. Yeah, actually, after. We'll throw him on there. Throw him on Why there. Why not okay. there? He, yeah. You're Cade McNamara. You're a nominee. Um, Haskins, uh, Hassan Haskins, 109 yards, uh, rushing a touchdown. I mean, pretty good. They point being is, is it wasn't a lack of offensive push in the second half and khaki fans deserves a little bit of credit. Takes, takes some balls for sure to switch a quarterback at half. And it worked. I think he was just beside himself. He had no option. I mean, it's like, well, might as well try it or we're going to lose. Now, you know, I mentioned in the Indiana game, the difference was that pick six. The difference in this was that that ki- the kickoff return to start the second half. If they hadn't given up that kickoff return, they win this game. Right. So? Yeah, think so. I think so. OK, that's fair. Uh, and one it, quarterback that you were a little bit wrong with last week. Yes. Uh, I, I was right once. Finally, as I stood up for Noah Vedral. And he showed out 29 of 43, 381 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Um, also had, oh, he had 11 yards on the ground. But, I mean, that so, is. So not to piss on your parade here, but he did throw the pick to end the game. He did. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. But, boy, they. And, and another thing, too, he's doing it against the Don Brown coach defense. So Yeah, that's a good point. Anybody can do that. Yeah, but so <laughs> I mentioned the kickoff return, which – you know, that it's uncharacteristic of a Shiano team. Rutgers have 12 penalties for 100 yards, which is also pretty uncharacteristic of a Shiano yeah. team. Yes. Um, a friend of mine pointed out that they were still running tempo at the very end of the game when they could have just burned clock. clock. And it allowed Michigan to get – they went three yes. and out twice. Yes. It allowed Michigan to get back the ball and score to send it to overtime. Yeah. There was a little bit of bad we, coaching in this game. I was going to say, we, we are very respectful uh, to the chat man, but that's some bad calls. Um, when I did my big, sad, big, happy rankings, I put Rutgers high up there because they should have won this game. Oh, they should They should. I mean, they could have won, won it in game. regulation. Then they had a chance to win it in overtime, but a missed field goal. I mean, Oh, God. I mean, I, I was sure he was going to hit that. I'm like, I, this is happening. They're, 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 Rutgers is going to win, and they are going to leave Harbaugh in Piscataway. In Piscataway. I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that a very high percentage of Big Ten Twitter and just college football Twitter in general were, A, very much entertained by this game, and B, cheering for the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, I think most of <laughs> – yeah, poor Michigan. Yeah. Do they deserve this hate? No. They probably Pro- don't. I probably mean, not. again, it's like – you look at Harbaugh, he is a lightning rod, but like, I I don't think he's ever done any, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm going to say this, people are just like, you know, laugh at me, but I, I haven't heard of recruiting scandals around him or off the field. No. Like, he seems there's to re- no doubt he is a quirky human being. I mean, the stupid microphone underneath the mask, like, <laughs> khaki. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. I know it's, it's just one of those things, but no, I agree. And like, they probably don't deserve that much hate, but I think to a certain degree, people just want to say, Oh, remember that time 
when Rutgers beat Michigan. But it's also you know? just fun to cheer for the underdog, and Rutgers has been down for so long. It's just good to see them having some kind of success and and putting up 42 points. I mean, it, this was this was this night game reminded me of the Friday night game because they were both just so much fun. Correct. They were Correct. very similar games. All right, with the win, Michigan moves to two and three. Rutgers falls to one and four. That brings us to the Big Ten game of the week. Northwestern 17, Wisconsin 7. The Wildcats with 263 yards of total offense. The Badgers had 366 I know. yards of total offense. Badgers favored by 7. So this was a 17-point swing and a miss by Vegas. Over-under didn't even come close to no. that. Of course not. This was a under by the end of the first quarter. I just I just want everyone to know for the rest of the year and maybe the rest of my existence, I am always betting on Northwestern and the under in yeah. any game that they play. It's got to have something like a 70-ish percent clip for yeah. cover. Why yeah. wouldn't I just do that every time? Regardless it makes sense. Of- um, one of our listeners, Jim, um, he has talked about how uh, Northwestern does the alligator roll, just clamps you, rolls you, takes you down. Even Wisconsin is not impervious to the alligator role. And shame on me. I picked Wisconsin in this game. Yeah, I mean, to me, I felt like... I mean, I picked Northwestern to win, so obviously I picked Northwestern to cover. I didn't think Wisconsin's offense would would struggle (laughs) that much, but I did say my second time I was right with a quarterback. I called that Graham Mertz was going to struggle in this game. Did you? Okay. I did not see him looking fantastic in that second game, even versus Michigan, this was, you know, going from beginner classes to graduate school for him to be able to have a good day versus this Northwestern defense. It's not a knock on Mertz. He just wasn't ready, man. This is, this is just hard to do. Well, he, if he's going to grad school, he might've been trying to get into Kellogg school of business at Northwestern and he got rejected. Yes, he did. He did not. So how about, how about this? Okay. Taking the week one uh, offensive explosion that Northwestern had against Maryland, okay? Sure. Taking that off the the, the sheet. So yep. now we've got four games okay. from that, That's okay? Fair. 273 yards of offense versus Iowa. Iowa had 20 yards more. 317 yards of offense versus Nebraska. Yeah. Nebraska had 125 yards oh more gosh. than them. 292 yards of offense versus Purdue. Oh my gosh, Purdue, they actually had 27 yards more offense than Purdue. 263 yards of offense versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin had 103 more. They won all those games, Kurt. You know, if you if you go down, okay, I'm going to take it uh, No, I'm going to take it further. Okay, if you go down these stats. Yes. If you want a perfect recipe for losing a football game. Okay, they had less first downs. They were 2 of 15 on third down. This is Northwestern, by the way. Yeah. And 0 of 1 on fourth down. As you mentioned, only 263 yards. They rushed for 24 yards, average of 1 per rush. Correct. They only ran it. Uh, let's see. So 40, uh, they, were 60, they also gave up on the run. 69 plays they ran in this game. Uh, they they did only have one penalty, okay, yeah. and and only one turnover. They only possessed the ball for 23 minutes. This is a perfect recipe for any other football team to lose a game. And you would think if any team 
that would take advantage of it and win the game would be Wisconsin. I know it. Couldn't and, do it. And I, uh, but then all you have to do is look at the turnovers. Five to one. That was yeah. the difference in this game. Five turnovers to one. Um, who had the more yump to here? I mean, I gotta say Northwestern. Northwestern. I mean, they both I think so. I did. mean, like yeah. Wisconsin, just you could tell they just got frustrated. I mean, <laughs> and that's what happens. It's, 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 what, what, what are they doing to us? And, they, and then they're doing it to you. I mean, the only scoring play they had, play action bomb, great ball by by Mertz. Yeah. I mean, that was it. You never got the sense that they were ever going to put a drive or big play together. And what was that like a seventy yard or something? Yeah. So without that, they basically had about. Similar yardage anyway. But uh, let's point out, though, no Danny Davis in this game, no Kendrick Pryor in this game. So Mertz, I think that's part of why he struggled. He just didn't have a whole lot of guys to throw it to. No. Um, So this I thought was interesting. Big Ten Network pointed this out. So this was five years to the day since the last time that Northwestern caused five turnovers. Okay. Exactly to the day. Five years. Who was it against? Wisconsin. Of course. How many was how many points did Wisconsin score that day? Seven. Seven. You're Same. Me. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. What an amazing stat. That was a that was a Dave Revson one right there. Yeah, he's got some good ones. He throw, pulls out every now and then. Yeah, and, and Chucky O'Bowman had another big game. This guy, yeah. boy. And he had one taken off the the board too. Right. Um, I mean, how about that for a you know, I mean, Northwestern should have been up fourteen to nothing. They get a touchdown taken off the board correctly. He did step out of bounds and on the ensuing play Bowser fumbles at the goal line. I, know. I mean, that is so anti Northwestern, but it didn't, nothing didn't matter. No, just didn't. A lot of teams turtle like, after that. Went. No, and even gave up a bomb. That was pretty quick after that. Mertz hit that bomb. Seven. Yeah, actually it might've been, that's right. Oh, maybe it was, was that right after? I'm not sure if that was, was right. Or, right I don't remember. Pretty... Um, but I did want to point out also the unis, the Northwestern unis were fantastic. This was a fantastic uniform game. Both teams. Why don't they wear those all the time? Those are fantastic. They're uniforms. beautiful. They are. They are. They're great. I love the that that shade of purple helmet was just awesome. Yeah, there were two fantastic uniform games this weekend. This was the second one. Whew, Good job pointing that man. out, man. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than I know the it was not it was aesthetically pleasing for the uniforms, but for the football X's and O's, not so much. With that being said. The three best defenses in the entire Big Ten are all located in the Big Ten West. That's Wisconsin, true. Northwestern, and Iowa. and Iowa. And to be honest with you, nobody's even close to those three teams right now. And I'm not and I'm not even sure who I think the best one of those defenses is. I think you could make an argument for all three. I, I know. Mean, I think you, you can, You would too. probably put Iowa third simply because of the yeah. lack of wins. Yeah, and because they weren't that dominant early, but they, they look like it now. Like right now. Right now, though, I'd probably do Northwestern one, Wisconsin yeah. two, Iowa three. But man, you can put it barely fit a sliver of paper between the two. I mean, the okay, leading rusher for Northwestern, Drake Anderson, yeah. eight carries for thirteen yards. Wisconsin clamped down, even with guys out. I mean, they look good. It's Wisconsin's defense. It's true. It is Wisconsin. I shouldn't get too down on Northwestern's offense because yeah. it is with the Wisconsin defense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there it is. They Northwestern just Northwestern, and they got it done they did. again. They did. I mean, and with that win, Northwestern moves to five and zero. Wisconsin falls to two and one. Um, okay, I, after watching a somewhat lackluster performance by Ohio State, I mean, again, that's these are strict grading terms, but and then seeing Northwestern do this, like I'm, star- I'm starting to have thoughts that they could win the entire Big Ten Me conference too. and go to the college football. Playoff. Me too. I know. 
it it, it was in fact was, I, i'm never gonna when I was, bet against them again so yeah they're going to when i was <laughs> driving you know just now we had to uh relocate and i was driving listening to college football uh radio and uh it was freaking andy staples they were talking about mm-hmm. teams that could get in and he says listen Northwestern controls their own destiny. They went out there going to the college football playoff. And I'm like, I wanted to just drive into <laughs> oncoming traffic on highway 55, but like, I can't argue with what he's saying. No, you can't argue. I mean, and I tell you one thing, if they went out, if they go nine and zero and don't get in the college football playoff, as much as we rag on Northwestern, I will throw a fit because that's BS. I'm rioting. If that happens for sure. No doubt. I mean, they, and I gotta be honest after watching Ohio state, I like their chances. I really like. Northwestern I mean, I'm still going to take Ohio State, but like, I'm not. They're more. They're. You're, you've learned. You're, you're taking not, it. You're taking it to the extreme. Absolutely. Now. Okay. <laughs> Smart. Um, but they they could. I feel like they could disrupt Justin Fields and that offense. Yes. I mean, the only thing is, I feel like. I mean, I don't think they would have to win it a lot like this because. Um, and they, they don't have the rushing attack to gouge Ohio State. No. But but. And could, Ohio could State. Ramsey make enough plays to score whatever twenty seven points, and, I mean, and keep Ohio State underneath that? The like, one thing I will say for Peyton is he he does have a propensity to turn the ball over a little more. Yeah. So if he could, he's he would have to play a really clean game, and you, they they're gonna give up points to Ohio State, aren't they? Or are they? Yes. Justin Fields is that good? So they they would have to actually. But they're also gonna a, pick him off at some point too. I know. Probably. I know, and probably get a fumble here and then. Probably score a special I mean, teams touchdown and like Wisconsin not have any penalties and <laughs> Wisconsin was hitting Northwestern with an ugly stick that you know that they typically hit people with. God yes. And Northwestern's like, oh, you, you like that stick? And they broke off a five inch diameter branch from a tree. And yep. Just, and I think they can do that to Ohio State and anybody else as well. Watch out, college football playoff. Here, here they come. Here come the cats. What do we? I don't. I'm just They're my favorite to win it all, baby. I'm just picturing me and you, like how we're going to, how we would watch that. Like I'm just allowing myself the thought to think that we would be watching a Northwestern nine and O team in the college football playoff. Like, I don't know how I'm going to, how I would do that. Well, and you know what would happen is you'd, you'd see the Clemson fans just melting down on Twitter, and I'd like, just be what's nodding. Going on? Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. This one yep. looks like that's right. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, that's that's it, man. We've tortured ourselves enough yep. here at the end of the pod, I believe. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon.